0: Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, women's empowerment coach, full-time psychology student, mama of four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Lisa. Lisa is a gifted oracle a life architect, and a high-level mentor. She was born in the land of the long white cloud, beautiful New Zealand. And New Zealand, from what I've seen, is beautiful. I will go visit someday. Hashtag goals. Uh, (laughs) Growing up in a struggling single-parent home, then later in life taking a journey down the dark sides of life has led her to deeply knowing how to guide women where they are right now. She came out the other side to realizing your past does not define your future. This has sparked a passion in her. She was awakened to a deep understanding of her purpose in life. It has helped others through whatever they need so they can rise and thrive in whatever they desire to help people release what does not serve them so they can expand in their purpose with total power and conviction. Seven years ago, Lisa was totally broken. Having suicidal thoughts, daily panic attacks, crippled by self-abuse and feeling stuck in her past. She had a series of life-changing events that allowed her to see that self-worth and commitment to personal growth would heal her life. Lisa is able to help others with their journey to acceptance and enlightenment. She is committed to be in service of the awakening of the, of the wild, sacred feminine goddess and the creation of expanding the field of genius sisterhood. She is totally devoted not only to inspire but guide you her objective, uh, objective for your personal freedom. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Megan. I'm super excited to be here.
0: I'd love for you to take us back where the struggle all began for you, because in your bio, you mentioned how you went to the dark side. And a lot of times I say, like, I'm surprised that I didn't go a darker path, but I definitely went down some dark paths in my life as well. So I'd love for you to take us back to where that all began.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. So for me, it was um, my childhood was quite a typical childhood in in so many ways. It was a loving family. Um, I only grew up with my mother. My father walked out when I was two days old. Um so it was it was my brother, my mum and myself and it was just a beautiful, beautiful environment. There was there was just so much happiness and laughter, but there was also so much um deep-seated things that happened throughout my childhood. For instance, um of course abandoned from my dad leaving. Um I was sexually molested twice by a family friend and then later on by someone else that used to babysit me. Um and then I just had these different spiral of events that started to happening that really really caused me to go in to become a real victim and drama queen in my life. And I, if I wasn't creating some sort of drama or victim, I wasn't, um, I wasn't feeling comfortable in my own skin, you know, to, to be normal almost was like being outside of, of my comfort zone. So it's the pattern that I formed and it's the way that I also realized that because my brother was quite sick, the only way to get attention was to cause drama. So this started really um, rewiring my mind into um, a pattern of really quite manipulating um, and just what just needed to be a victim. If I, as I said, if I wasn't a victim or if somebody wasn't abandoning me in my life, then I wasn't feeling normal. Um, and then fast forward, oh, how many years? About 15 years, um, I ended up getting quite sick and I had to have a hysterectomy so I couldn't have any children. So that was another part of my journey that um, I, you know, I couldn't be a mother, and that, that crippled me. And then all these different sequences of events just started to happening, and, and now I realize that you know, you call them in. And then about, ooh, 10 years ago, I discovered drugs. And I had so much fun, Megan. <laughs> 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 I'm not gonna fucking lie to you. <laughs> no, alcohol for many years is my alcohol, drug, and yeah. I had a lot of fun with yeah. that too. <laughs> for the first couple of years it was so much fun and then unfortunately um it all caught up with me and um and I was also an alcohol rep so throwing a free alcohol involved and it was just oh my goodness and then I got into prescription drugs because from all that drug abuse I started getting panic attacks and anxiety and Um, I remember six weeks I couldn't leave the house unless I had a valium in me Um, and for three weeks I didn't even leave the house it just crippled me luckily I was doing a job I could do a lot on the phone Um, so yeah so it was just sort of a big secret and then at the end of it cut and chase to it I woke up one day in hospital um, of an overdose and I knew if I didn't change I was dead and that was, that was the, the, you know, they say that you, you hit rock bottom. Yeah. That was my rock, rock bottom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was a, it was a beautiful wake up call and, and it was one I listened to and that's when I started to turn my life around and realize that if I didn't change then, yeah, it, it, that was it. That was really it for me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: My <laughs> rock bottom moment was when I, uh, attempted to commit suicide uh, about, mm. oh, when was it? Uh, it was about five years ago, maybe a little bit yeah. longer than that. And I've been crawling my way out of that rock bottom moment ever since. And I feel like mm. I think I have arrived. <laughs> I, think
1: yeah. I don't think you ever arrived. It <laughs> no, growing, I think, right? <laughs> I think I probably got to the, you
0: know, I'm no longer in the pit.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear
0: you. I think I finally no... crawled up on the surface. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love for you to take us back to that victim mentality. I talk about victim mentality all the time. And I think some people just goes right over their head. Cause they're like, I don't know what you mean by that. So maybe by yeah. you sharing a little bit about, you know, what you were thinking and feeling and doing during that victim time, somebody can say,
1: Oh, I do that too. Yeah. So for me, I, victim, um, Whenever you blame an outside influence for something that's happening within you, you're in victim mode. So I would always blame um, either something on my mother. Oh, I'm, I do this because my mother did it. Or, um, you know, I do that because of bits. I don't have any of the money in the bank because... I, it was always a matter of, you know, I grew up in the environment that mum always said, don't make any more money because rich people are assholes or, um, you know, my my dad, my second dad gambled away all our money. Um, and it was like, no, you just need enough money to get by. So I would then cause myself to go into victim mode. If I started doing quite well in my business or I started making money. Um, and for me, whether it's victim drama, um, um, abuse abandonment it's a pattern that's formed at such a young age and you don't actually realize you're doing it mm. and it's really interesting when you stop and, and take note of of how your emotions and feelings are coming up around something that you realize that that this is my life and and this is why I say that my past doesn't define me because when i when I made that decision to understand that the way that I was now, and I always say, it's like a computer, you know, you get a blank computer and you put in all these disks, and that's what forms the mind of a computer, and that's how it runs, that's how it does the different things for you. That's how you have all these different systems and apps, etc., in it. Your know, phone's exactly the same. A person is is just like that when they're young, and when they're, when they're brought up in an environment, and it doesn't even have to be any bad environment, but when you're brought up in an environment, it's how you're wired. So your mum gives you some of your wiring, like how you are in your everyday life. You're taught to tie your shoelaces. You're taught your belief system. You're taught your emotions. You're taught, um, you know, how you do everything in life. You're taught you know, about money. This is how you deal with money. You're taught this is how you in a relationship when you watch your parents. Then you go to school and you're taught all about how to do this. I mean, we're even taught how to eat. If we were taught how to eat with our feet, would be t- would be everybody would be, you know eating with their feet I mean it, yeah. it's a fact right but the, how we're shown is how we are and then so what happens is that when you have when you come from an environment and it's definitely never our family's fault because we're all just doing the best of what we've got but when you come from an environment and let's just say um for me the victim was my coping mechanism was drugs and alcohol because I didn't mm-hmm. know how to cope and I had remember I mentioned that I had to cause drama in my life to be able to um To be able to feel comfortable without even realizing it. So what I do is that my life would be going along fine. And then the old ego would go, Whoa, hang on a minute, or the subconscious, well, hang on a minute, this is going good. You remember Lisa? Nothing lasts. Always happens to you. You know, all those little things that you that friggin' voice in the back of your head that goes, oh something bad's going to happen things are going too good Lisa and I would cause it I would go out and freaking cause it because mm-hmm. that's the way that's the way I knew that's all I knew so I'd go and I'd fight with a girlfriend or I'd push my partner so that he would leave me so the abandonment would come in and I would just feed and everything is an addiction and I would feed the addiction of the victimhood because that's where I felt safe so it and, and victimhood it's a funny one, isn't it, Megan? It, it, yeah. it's, you can have something little happen in your life and it can just cause a whole pattern and thing around it. That That's just how you are moving forward. Um, like one of my clients, she one day she didn't get picked up from school and that caused massive abandonments in her life. And it was just that one little thing that she didn't remember. So yeah, it's a matter of taking yourself back and finding that trigger point and really doing the work on it so that you can understand why you do something, why you self-sabotage, why you get into overwhelm, why you can only make a certain amount of money, money why that you keep pushing the man away. It's all part of a, of a victim. And, when you, and, and the crux of it, as I said, is that when you're blaming an outside influence, which I used to do all the time, it was never my fault. I mean, freaking Nora, never my fault. It was always somebody else. Yeah. And I was living in my victimhood. And I was living in my ego. And I was living in my 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 belief system around what I deserved and how I was worthy. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here, because I <laughs> had traumas in my in my past as well that mm. um that have, you know, I used to have a really bad victim mentality. And actually now if I'm around people with a victim mentality, it triggers me because I'm like, I know what that space is like. And I know that you can get out of it, but you can't like, you can't tell somebody who's in a victim mentality that there's another way because they just won't see it until they're ready to see it. So it's really difficult. And as you were talking about, Um, I'm going to school to be a psychologist and we talk about childhood programming, which is what you're talking about. When you're a child, you are taught these things. And so you either be just like those things, you'll have a little bit of those things or they will repel you, you know, depending on how you take those things will depend on how that molds you. And so that's, that's the biggest problem is a lot of times we don't even know these things molded us into the the person we are. And until so one day we do something and we're like, where did that come from? Why, why, yeah. am I doing that? why do
1: I keep doing that? Right. <laughs> I like to say, as well, cause the vi- I think people think victim is such a, like a victim is such an aggressive word and yeah. people think oh, I'm not a victim. You know, right. it, it's got such a, it's got a meaning behind it. It's a horrible connotation. So I always now say, you know, that, that you're not a victim; you're a survivor. But you need to work out. You need to to to, re-wi- to find out who you really are and who you were born to be inside, not how you were made. Right? Yeah. Uh, because victims are ugh. <laughs> ego is another word that has different connotations to it. Right. Where, you know you're either in your ego and your higher self. So when you're in happiness and pleasure and play, you're in your higher self. When you're in anger, fear, judgment, and all that, you're in your ego. It's not a bad thing. It's it's just. It's just a, a a thing that we need to make sure that we live more in our higher higher self, really.
0: Right, yeah. our ego is more of yeah. a protection mechanism.
1: Absolutely, right? it's, it's protects you all your life. Yeah, doesn't want
0: you to grow. No, it's like I'm angry right now because this thing happens. And yeah. you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it's like <laughs> protecting us. It's the, it's you know, it's the, the old lizard brain that you know mm. you can't you can't
1: convince your ego it's wrong <laughs> because it doesn't listen. You just have to keep no. pushing forward. <laughs> I actually now talk to my ego. So this happens quite a lot to me. And like when my ego goes, when it's always the voice in the back of your head going, oh, right. No. No, you shouldn't do that. No, don't don't do that. And you know that you want to do it and it's going to help you grow, but it's getting out of that comfy zone. You just hear your ego say, oh, no, 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 let's not do that. And then, so I now talk to it and I say, okay, so why shouldn't I do that? So I actually now stop myself in the moment and I actually question it because before it would just be like ego fighting myself and ego Mm -hmm. always wins because it's used to ruling. So now I actually ask this question. I had this happen not so long ago when I was having a really beautiful streak about a year ago. Um, she might be known to be there six months ago and everything was going along so nicely and I could hear the voice going this won't last this won't last and I'm like oh damn it (laughs) that's my fucking ego and I remember saying to it so why won't this last and it said because it never does and you just got to listen right because the answers always come and I was like so why why does it never why can't it last this time because it never does, leave. So, Well, this time's different. Oh, that's what you always say. And then the the more I kept talking to it, and having a conversation, eventually it went quiet. Yeah. Honestly, I I without a light, every single time I do it, my higher self always wins, and it goes quiet. Mm, yeah. It's Some, fascinating. Somebody
0: um, I once heard speak likened it to a child having a tantrum. Like if you. <laughs> If you yell at the child having the tantrum, the tantrum gets worse, right? Yeah. But if you're calm and you speak to the child, the child will calm down. And so I, I used to tell my clients, I, I recently, uh, stepped away from my coaching business to pursue being a psychologist. And I used to tell my clients when you hear that voice and I call it the negative voice, but it can be the ego. You can call it whatever. You have to first notice what it's saying because you Mm. can't help yourself if you don't notice what you're saying. Once you notice what it's saying, you have to, find out where it's coming from. Why is it saying that? Cause it's not saying yeah. it for no reason at all. And then finally you had to look for all of the evidence that it's wrong because yes. it, it wants to be right. It's like, look at all these reasons. I'm right. You know, <laughs> but you have to prove it that it's wrong. Look at for all yeah. the reasons you are wrong. Things are going well because look at all this and we can sustain this because of these mm-hmm. reasons. And then mm. the ego just kind of quiets down a little bit. <laughs>
1: And then through time, you notice that you hear from it less and less. Yep. And because I mean, it, it's its job to keep you safe, and for all through all your years, it's done it. And so it's always been right. And it's not until you, as you say that you sit and go, "Well, hang on a minute. Let's have a chat about this. Let's rethink really about this." And I always say, especially with women, that um, we live so much in our masculine and not our feminine. Mm-hmm. And you know, and guys are, are the opposite. They live so much in their masculine that they're so they did the same but what happens is because of feminine because of women now we work so much and 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 we you know we we're, we're sometimes single parents and and you know a woman does have to step up a lot more in this environment now because you need two incomes in a lot of places and and you know a, a woman does take a lot of a lot of the, the front of things and she's looking after the money and she's always in her probably 70% of the time most women are actually in their masculine that we forget how to incorporate the feminine flow and the feminine the feminine side of it is our intuition it's our gut so it's actually our higher self yeah. Whereas when we're in the masculine, we're in the in the action, we're in the mind. We live in our fucking mind because it's 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 where we make all our decisions. But when you're in your, when you're masculine, you're making your decisions from a structure, from a strategic, from a from oh, yeah. a real real point of view like that. But when you can, and this is what I teach this massively is embodying the 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 feminine and the masculine energy so that you can really tap into that that higher self more and it's not all ego or it's not all like done through your mind it's done with your gut and your heart and it's done more on a feminine side so it's just and it's the same thing it's just a different way it's just a feminine and masculine it's like the the higher self and the ego it's without the combination there's no real flow Yeah. So share with the
0: audience a little bit how they can tap into their feminine because I, as far as I know, we don't have any men listening. If we do, hey guys, thanks for hanging out. But uh, I mean, as far as I know, I've not heard of, uh, not heard from any men that they listen. Um, Even my husband was like, I like your podcast. It's all right, (laughs) but it's for women and I'm not a woman and I don't feel connected with it. I was like, okay, babe, thanks for, you know, supporting me. Oh so God. let the ladies that are listening know how they can connect with their feminine, because maybe they feel disconnected. Maybe they're like, yeah. "I don't even know what you're talking about, Lisa." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, and and if men are listening, it's the same for you to, to to reach into your into your feminine and not sit so much in your masculine. So right. every everybody is exactly the same, and it's not that that we shouldn't be in our masculine because when we're in our masculine, we're we're in our strength, we're in our power, we're in our you know, we're really sitting in a place of. Um, I mean, you think about when you're in business, for instance, and mm. you're making structure. It's strategic. It's making the goals. It's 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 you know really coming from a place of, of a power. It's a powerful thing when you're in your masculine. You're really powerful when you're in your feminine. You're like the little girl. You're like the little um. You you're, you're coming from a place of. Um, I'm trying to put it. Of feminine feminine flow and your intuition, um, and um, you know your compassion that you're wise. You're actually in your healing too, so you're actually healing yourself. Mm. Um, you're you really you're in a place where you're more fierce about the environment and everything that's around it, um, and you're really assertive. You're a truth seeker so you're in a you're in a completely different place than when you're in your masculine you're also in your' creative oh my goodness, so when you're in your feminine you're being really creative so when you're in your masculine you're being really powerful so it's like if you wanted to bring that into your business for instance, then you need to have a creative flow and you need to get it out of your head more so it it it's the same as is when you find yourself in a place that you need to make a decision, like a really strong decision. If you're sitting too much in your head, then you, make, you won't necessarily make the right decision. But when you can really stop and think and, and sit in, in the, fem, the feminine flow and the creative and, and think, okay, let's listen to my gut for a minute. What does my intuition mean? okay, I know what structurally that my mind's saying, but you know when sometimes in your mind you're like, oh my God, I'm such too much in my fucking mind. It's, right. I can't, I've got no clarity. I've got no um, like clear, decisive movement because I'm just, I'm so full. I feel so full. That's when you need to really drop into your feminine and you need to really just sit. And it's more like going into your body. So it's about going into your body is probably a really good way of putting it. And when you're sitting in your body, you're sitting in your heart space. So when you're sitting in your heart space, you can connect to your gut and your intuition and your creative side. And then you can bring in a real clarity around um, leaning towards a... um, just the beautiful alignment to knowing that what you're doing, you've looked at all the areas and you're not just looking at the structure and the the systems and the the goals and et cetera, et cetera, because so many times we miss out on opportunities because we're just, we haven't really connected to it. What's our body's saying. And I always say our body is actually our mind. It's not between our ears. Yeah. Did that that make sense? That
0: makes sense. Yeah. It, uh, it, our, our, our brain and our mind are two completely different things. People yes. often think they're the same thing, but they're yes. two completely different things.
1: Yeah, and it, sometimes if you just, you know, especially as a fe- a female, you get you know, always say, "Oh my god, my gut said this, and my head said something else." Right. You need to really stop then and listen to your gut because that's your higher self mm-hmm. trying to tell you something. And and. I like to, like with my clients, I like to give them different exercises to do to really bring out what's actually happening and whether it's actually a self-sabotage or it's an overwhelm because that's another way that your ego can take control. It can really, because it connects with your, with the mind. Mm-hmm. So when you're really in your masculine, then your ego has a lot more control. Um, and when you're not balanced, and you know, you think about it, when you're not balanced in anything, you topple over, right? Right. So it's, the same as, it's the same as a masculine and, and feminine energies. You're making wrong decisions. You're too far in your masculine, you're going to make the wrong decision. So it's, mm. it's just really about like sometimes just stilling the mind and just really connecting to the heart and the body and, and, and just looking at it from a different perception.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was reading a book one time that said that the brain is the filter for the mind. Like it oh, it that. filters, you know, like they were talking about yeah. our highest, they weren't really talking about, they were talking about our highest self, but they were not talking about, and the, they would use a different word for it. And I can't remember what, what it was, but they were literally saying like, imagine that we all have this conscious energy And our Mm. brain is just filtering that. And sometimes our Mm. brains don't filter it as much. And that's why some people are more intuitive than other people. And sometimes our brains Mm. are just overdrive filtering it. And that's why we feel disconnected. Um, So I love how you pointed that out. And I know for many, many years, I was disconnected from the feminine energy. And I've been working diligently as as starting to go back to that. And sometimes I'll fight myself. Sometimes I'll sit on like a podcast (laughs) application for like a whole week because I my my brain saying no accept it it seems okay but my gut is like mm, no something's <laughs> off here and yeah. you, you know it always it it always comes through like I always something happens where I'm like see I should have listened to my gut and so yeah I know yeah. <laughs> so, right yeah so it's we like
1: so much in our mind because we think that's what it should be and that's the other thing this is another way of looking at it so you know your conscious and your subconscious mind. So your conscious mind is what you do every day, how you form beliefs, blah, blah, blah. Your subconscious mm-hmm. mind is actually sitting at the steering wheel running. So when you learn to use your subconscious mind more, which is almost like your higher self and your ego, then things flow more. You know, when, when you allow her to open up a little bit more, because she's the one that's keeping you safe a lot of mm-hmm. time. She's also the one that's stopping you from doing anything. So it's the same sort of thing, right? Right. So interesting. It's being consciously aware of everything you're doing in every moment and every time. and being present in every single moment because when you're living in your head you're not really being present when you're living in your body you're there
0: yeah in psychology they say that 99 percent of our decisions are made in the subconscious mind and only one percent are made consciously because the subconscious mind is doing all of that work in the background, like it's seeing all of the things. You think that you're only seeing like <laughs> this little bit right in front of you, but you're really like all your senses are tingling and taking in all of this different stuff. So that yeah. our subconscious mind, if it senses danger, it can go danger, danger, danger. <laughs> you
1: know. <laughs> so um, right. So a lot of and people don't. The time we don't listen to it
0: right and so a lot of people don't realize that and they think oh i'm i'm perfectly aware and in the driver's seat making these decisions and i'm like no your subconscious Mm -hmm. mind is filtering through all of this information you've accumulated throughout your lifetime that it's decided it's important it's held on to and that's Mm -hmm. how it's making decisions and you don't even Mm -hmm. realize because you'd be so
1: overwhelmed if it was doing it in your conscious mind correct that's so true it's like when i had anxiety and panic attacks so what happens, and I've really studied the brain. Like, if if anybody's, whoever's listening to this, Google Dr. Doe Dispenser. He is amazing for yeah. understanding the brain. I love that man. And what it is, like, when I have my anxiety and panic attack, what, and it's addiction, it's an addiction. Like, everything is addiction. So what would happen is that I'd get into an environment and my mind would go... You could just feel it. I could feel it coming on. And you know, when you go, oh my God, I am such a, and this is what always used to get me. I am a fucking strong woman. Like I am a smart woman. I am very strong. How the hell did I get where I got to? Like I look back and go, why did that happen? I now know it's the lessons I need to learn that was the right path for me to be able to do what I do. But at the time I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then, you know, when you listen to the, the analytical reason for it and, you know, he says that what happens is that you know, you start getting into an uh, into a um, environment, and the your body starts getting a little bit apprehensive. So, what your your brain does is it goes into your subconscious, and it get it finds the the last strong memory for where you are now. It pulls right. that down, and of course, if it's anxiety or a panic attack, it's just going to bring it on because that's the memory it knows. So, it gets you the you know fear of flight and run, and you run, and that's it. So, it, it's it's not that your body is weak or that your mind's weak it's that it's doing its job so that's when you've got to go in and just really um come up with a different coping mechanism for it and start rewiring and building that different muscle memory and it's just fascinating why we do things and we don't even know you know you wake up morning some mornings and go why the fuck did I do that right I know better than that. I'm not stupid. Yeah, but Tom, you say that to yourself. And it's actually not your fault. It's just when you become consciously aware of why you're doing something and, and you can change it as you know. I mean, this is I'm preaching as you say, to the pivot you yeah. I the converted. Then it's just a whole different and it's just being aware. It's just being aware of everything and it's about sitting in the present moment. That's when things really started shifting for me. They Absolutely. really did. Absolutely. And so yeah. much of
0: this, you know, blends, you know, spirituality with psychology and, you know, yeah. psychology, that's exactly what you're talking about is, you know, it does go back to the lessons you learned previously. So like I was in a domestic abuse situation. And so every time I would see my ex, we share a daughter. And every time I would see him because we shared custody, I would have a full on panic attack because I remembered that time when he was mean and he was abusive and all those things. That was the last memory I had of my interaction with him. So for, for several years, that's what would happen every time I had to see him. Well, after I rewired my brain to say, we are safe, he's not going to be able to hurt us anymore. He's, you know, he's doing his own work and becoming a better person. So he's really not hurting anybody anymore. You know, all of this that I was able to work through, uh, not just by myself, but also with the help of a therapist, but I was able to work through those things. So now when I see him, I just more feel sorry for him because I mean, he doesn't have the most positive life in the world. Um, and I'm like, you know, I, I just, at this point in time, I feel bad for you that you can't find the freedom that I found, you know, in my life and found like this better version of me that I was able to be. And he's just kind of stuck in this one place. And so now instead of having those panic attacks, I am able to be calm and collected and not really feel much when I see him. So Mm. I would love Lisa, people might be wondering like, Lisa, how the hell did you end up so enlightened when when you are just you know doing drugs like 10 years ago yeah. um, so how did yeah. that transition happen how did you go from like drugging it up and you know i say that <laughs> i don't say that like <laughs>
1: lightly, Love it. Well, i loved it it's all right yeah
0: I mean, cause, I mean alcohol was my drug in my my early years and trust me like i think it can be just as detrimental as it any is. other it's drug the worst
1: drug on the world yeah mm-hmm.
0: And it's mm. legal. And so <laughs> exactly. me, I like my occasional glass of wine, but back then I had a serious issue with it. And I, you know, we use that. We use drugs and alcohol as coping think, mm. mechanisms um, because we don't know how to deal with wh- what's going on inside our heads.
1: Mm, mm. So h- how and do I'll,
0: you go from there to where
1: you are today? Yeah. So I think the, the things were for me was, um, I learned how to take the power away from a certain situation as in I learned what emotions were coming out. Um, and it was a really deep understanding of me. And the biggest thing was actually self-love. The biggest thing was really falling absolutely completely in love with myself. And I gave myself, so when it happened, um, I'd also just left, the, i did the, um, a real toxic relationship and it wasn't that he was horrible he just wasn't right for me and i attracted the men that i knew would leave me because that was feeding my addiction on abandonment mm. um so i gave myself three years i was like you know what something's got to change if it doesn't then you know i'm going to be the same person i'm going to wake up and i'm going to be exactly the same and i actually read the good old book the secret <laughs> I have had it for years and that just started changing my mind and then I started becoming and I became like a sponge and I wanted to change and then I went and got hypnotherapy and then I got a coach and the biggest thing was getting a coach I mean getting some a mentor getting someone that really understood me somebody that um could call me on my bullshit someone that could make me just could bring it into my awareness, what I was doing without even, like I didn't even realize. And it was, it was confronting and it was horrible. And there was a lot of tears, but, yeah. and there was a lot of times that I self sabotaged myself, but I knew what I was doing because I was becoming really, and I don't like using the word awakening, but I was, I was awakening right. to myself. I was awakening to who I was. And I was giving myself a break and I wasn't being so hard on myself. We are so fucking hard on ourselves in this mm-hmm. society. We are brought up in a society where, you know, you're told that this is how you should look. This is how you should be. And and I'm really feel for the young kids. I that's a whole different thing. That's probably a whole different podcast. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I feel you. I'm a teenager and I'm like, you're living in this world where oh. you're always in you're always there. Like there's no reprieve. Like when I was growing up, we didn't have all this social media and internet and stuff like that. So there was a reprieve. You had a place that you could go and be by yourself. And now they're just so public. Like they're just out there all the time.
1: People can build any life they want to on social media and it's not always what it looks like. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, Oh yeah. And that's, that's another thing I did. I really cleaned my environment. Thank you. That was a great uh, segue. I cleaned my environment because, and it wasn't the people that I had and they were bad. Oh my God, they were the most beautiful people, but they weren't weren't good for me at the end where I was in my life. So I had to let a lot of, fucking good friends go a lot of beautiful people a lot of heart-centered people but I needed to go on my own little journey and that's what I had to understand and it was lonely to start with it really was I'm lucky I had a woman um, that was my best friend and she stuck by me and she helped me like you just would not believe. Um, so I had the, I then had the right people around me, so I could grow. Um, so yeah, environment was huge. I cleaned up my Facebook. I stopped watching TV. I do not watch TV. I wouldn't have a clue what's going on in the world unless it comes every now again on social media. I don't um, watch the news for a reason. I don't watch it. That- I walking to my mom, I'm like, oh, what's in the happy news, are we? They just let you see what they need you to see. They it is so keep miserable all the time. State. It's miserable. Why can't we hear happy things that are going on in the world?
0: Why does it always have to be so dreary and
1: like? Because that's a way they control you. That's one of the yeah. ways they control you. They bring into that you into that mindset of like, oh, you need to go and buy this to be happy. You need to do this to be in it. Right. It's just oh anyway that's another whole podcast you can't buy (laughs) happiness it doesn't work like that happiness is within right Um, and yeah and I I, it was just a matter of really rewiring myself and then deciding what who I was so who am I and really getting down to the nitty-gritty of well that's not what I believe in money because I know my self-worth is more Right. And the deeper and deeper and deeper I fell in love with myself, the more I opened myself up to the ultimate possibilities that there are. And the more I allowed myself to receive more because I was a terrible receiver. Oh my God, I was yeah. blocking everything. Everything. Same. Money, love. <laughs> everything. <laughs> like somebody would say, oh, here's $10. Go and get some coffee. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll pay. No, no, no. I'm paying. Well, of course, law of attraction. I'm telling the universe I don't need anything. Hello. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and that was probably it. It was more understanding that I was doing the best that I could with what I had been given, but it didn't mean that this is who I had to be moving forward, that I deserved more, I, I could have more. And um, and it was a, it was an emotional journey. Like I'm not going to say, you know, get a coach and everything's going to be great, um, right. but I am going to say invest in yourself so that you can start awakening to the beautiful possibilities that you are. And you can have anything you desire, like anything. And when I used to hear that, I was like, oh, yeah, tell me another bubble sticker. But, <laughs> you know, like you see those things on Facebook, oh, you know, you are what you attract and don't focus on what expands. And I used to be like, oh, whatever. But when I changed my mindset, <laughs> I understood them at such a deep level. And it just, it was just with, my favorite affirmation was every day and every way I'm getting stronger and stronger every day and every way I'm getting better and better. And that was what it was. And I may have taken six steps back sometimes to take two steps forward, but I gave myself permission That was okay. And I forgave myself. That was another thing. Every day I forgave myself. And you know, I, I understood that, that, This is a journey. It's not a race. It's everybody wants to get from. And I noticed that so many people out there are just constantly seeking. They're seeking for the next best thing. They're seeking for the next thing that can take them here. And everything is actually deep inside of you. It's not external. It's internal. So when you start really understanding yourself and doing the work on you, your whole world starts lifting and the clarity comes in. And yeah, and just love it's all about love Megan (laughs) loving you loving yourself loving everything around you and just building a life that that one day you just stop and 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 you're in that present moment of realizing that you can have it all you really can
0: and loving yourself enough yeah. to do, yes, the, do work. the work. Yes. The yes. yes, do the work, heal your, your you know, your trauma, um, mm. Be willing to look at the deep, dark parts of you because once you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't just go back to being blissfully ignorant about all the issues that you mm. have going on. You have to work through it. And it's like mm. peeling an onion. It's like once you peel back one layer, you're like, damn it, there's another layer underneath
1: there. I know, it's deeper. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I do a lot of shadow work with my clients. Um, and this is one thing that I, that I that I believe in. I don't believe in that you that you should go in there and wallow in the shit. I call right. it don't go there but go there so we can understand what we need to release so that we can move forward and understand and I say it. the
0: same thing. Don't take yes, a Yes so it. Like, just yeah. go there, just don't take a bath in it and roll around like a pig. <laughs> like you gotta move through
1: this. Exactly. <laughs> and I do a lot of um, a lot of energy work and a lot of chakra activations and a lot of alignments and everything. And I help people remove the trauma that's because trauma is just energy trapped in your body mm-hmm. so once you know where it is and you can actually move it from your body it, it's just it just helps you to flow and get into alignment more and it's just a healing is massive and i love that you said that you know healing and going into the shadow so you can heal when i did my sexual um i did i actually found a lady who was a sexual healer um and i did a lot I oh it was emotion like i went yeah. to the actual you know, I really went into the deep shadows of the sexual. Mm-hmm. But because I did the work, I can now give myself to my husband 100%. Yeah. Before, I was always keeping that wall between us. And it was always like, well, let you get that close, but not too close. And right. I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how to sexually, because sex was power. Yeah. That's how I, I understood, because that was how I had to cope with the sexual abuse I had Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting. Eh? And I love that you've got to go into your shadows. You do. And you've got to release the trauma from your body.
0: And you have to be intentional. You have to be very mm. intentional about what you're doing and being will- willing to work through it. Because like you said, I thought for the longest time, sex was power too. So I mm. like ended up turning it on its head to where I was having so much sex all the time because I felt like yes. I was in power. I had the power. Yes. Right? I had yes. the power. And then like, when I married my husband, I was like, but I still have, the, I have the power. And I realized like, this is not how that works in a marriage. You have to. <laughs> no, and that,
1: <laughs> that's been too much in your masculinity. Yeah. So You're you feminine. That's right. the balance. Yeah, 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 totally. But isn't it funny? Like, like, like I, I actually, and I'm, I'm still actually awakening to the whole sexual thing. Like, sometimes I'm like, I have to surrender. You actually like me lying there like a sack of potatoes? Right. Really? I thought that was a useless fuck. <laughs> You know what I mean? So yeah. My understanding was that's what it was, and they actually—it's now completely different. And I love teaching women that they can actually be completely feminine. They don't have to have the power. They don't have to have the control. Right. Let your man lead. Yeah, it's yeah. such a—it's such an awakening, isn't it? And it's a—it's a, it's a real—it's a real beautiful thing when when you can. You can really connect with your man at a, at a soul level, at a real deep level and not be the one thinking that well I'm the boss and you'll do what you're talking right
0: <laughs> exactly so as we wrap up the podcast, Lisa, what is something that you would like to leave the inspired women audience with
1: oh, geez so much, so much like, I, know. I I could talk for hours um, I just have such a passionate thing for letting woman know that that you can have it all you really can and don't be afraid to do the work on yourself and don't be afraid to go into the shadows and don't be afraid to to sit in what you need to, to sit in so that you can really understand the lesson everything in life is a lesson and when you can take the lesson from from every point that's happened in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's and understand that the ugly actually isn't ugly, even though it feels it, right. and you can take the lesson from it, and you can really release it, forgive yourself, step into the beauty that you are, and just become what you were born to be, um, mm. and abundance is your birthright. Yeah. It really is, and that's not talking about wealth. That's talking about love and life and and happiness and joy and everything. It's 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 all your birthright, and it's it's okay to want more. I never thought it was okay to want more, but it is. It yeah. really is. Um, yeah. And don't be afraid to walk the path least walked.
0: Mm-hmm. Like the. The two roads diverge in a yellow
1: yes. woods. Yes, I think the one follow less the traveled by. <laughs> Yes, that's where the <laughs> enlightenment comes from. That's where the awakening comes from. That's when you'll have your biggest growth because mm-hmm. that's when you'll step into, into who you are and you'll fall and, you're, and you're falling, just totally in love with yourself. If you go the other way, you just follow everybody. You just yeah. do what they're doing. You conform to society. You do what you're supposed to do. You know, it's a comparison. The, it's just where the, it's where the ego lives go with the
0: other one you become a Rocket.
1: robot yeah you do you're in the matrix yeah totally
0: oh, oh. So this has been such a good conversation <laughs> i think people are gonna find so much value in it um I so. and i hope they will i mean i'll link up everything you sent me in the show notes so they can connect with you if they'd like to reach Thank out you. and so that they they know that you know there's more to life than just going day by day and struggling all the time. And you have to find what works best for you in that. But part of that Mm. is healing and forgiveness and being intentional about working on yourself and creating that life you want to live. Like you can Mm. create it, It but it's going to take some work, right? You have to let go of some people in your life and you have to make decisions that are hard. and, And that's part of it. But
1: eventually you'll see like this wow this is awesome <laughs> and you'll attract new people in your life that are going to and, and i always say that don't ever look down on somebody unless you're willing to lift them up yeah and your friends are always standing beside you they're not in front of you or behind you anybody in life that that tries to bring you down they're not they're not right for you right now yeah mm, i love I that it's so cool oh i could talk well, for hours <laughs>
0: lisa thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Megan. Thank you for creating such a, a safe, sacred space for me to just be able to talk and, and uh, connect with your, with your community, your tribe, your beautiful people. <laughs> thank you for
0: being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.